First, let's confess together what we believe concerning the life that God expects from those he saved. Lord's Day 32. Did God save us freely by his grace so that we could go on and sin freely and keep getting forgiven? Or did he save us to restore our lives, remake them, and give us a new life to serve him? Obviously the latter. Lord's Day 32, you know the structure of the Christian faith is that we need to understand three things, what we're saved from, sin, how we're saved through the personal work of Christ, and for what? And we're on the for what or so what? Lord's Day 32, since we have been delivered from our misery by grace through Christ, without any merit of our own, why then should we do good works? Because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, is also renewing us by his spirit into his image. So that with our whole lives, we may show that we're thankful to God for his benefits and that he may be praised through us. And further, so that we may be assured of our faith by its fruits and by our godly living, our neighbors may be won over to Christ. And then 87, next page. Can those be saved who do not turn to God from their ungrateful and unrepentant ways? No, by no means. Scripture tells us that no unchaste person, no idolater, adulterer, thief, no covetous person, no drunkard, slanderer, robber, or the like will inherit the kingdom of God. Let's turn in our Bibles now to read about this life in the Spirit. Galatians 5, our VBS theme this year, will be this transforming power of the Spirit. Growing in us the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, let's look at that passage now. Galatians 5. And we'll read verses 13 through 26. On page 1157 in your pew Bibles. Page 1157. We'll start to read at verse 13. You are called to freedom, brothers... Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, that is, for the sinful nature. But how should you use your freedom? Through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. But the works, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is God's word. And may he bless it to our hearts and lives. Beloved congregation in Jesus Christ, imagine someone found you, a drug addict, lying in the street from a drug overdose, pretty much dead, can't even get a pulse. And that person who found you loved you so much, he picked you up, got you medical care in the hospital immediately, brought you to a detox center and then a rehab center. Got you all cleaned up from drugs. And you were set free from your addiction. And now you're six months, you're 180 days drug free. And then you get released from the rehab center and he brings you into his house. And he continues to take care of you, find you a job. You start making money. And then you go back to drugs. Is that why? This man did that for you? So you could get cleaned up and go back to your wicked habit? Of course not. He set you free to live the productive life of serving others. That's Jesus. By his grace, he found us lying near dead or actually dead on the street in our sin, addiction, ruined. And he loved us and he picked us up and he made us alive and he washed us with his blood and he set us free from our life of sin and he took us into his own home and he set us free to live for him and not to go back to our sin addiction, which kills us. And that's what Paul says to the Galatians. Christ set you free. You're called to freedom. You are called by God's powerful voice and brought into freedom from slavery to sin. So now don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, for for going after the sinful desires again of the sinful nature, but through love serve one another. That's what Christian liberty, that's what the free salvation God has granted to us by the work of Christ is for. Set us free from sin to live for him. He saved us from our sin and misery, washed us and made us clean and put us in his detox and rehab programs to do good works. Ephesians 2 verse 10, where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Or Titus 2 verse 14, he gave himself for us. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness And to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are eager to do good works. That's why he saved us. And that's what we see this afternoon. Jesus saved us and makes us ready and willing from now on to live for him. He saved us to make us ready and willing from now on to live for him. We're ready and willing by the Spirit's power. Too often, brothers and sisters, we take this third part of the catechism. We're saved from sin. We're saved for the work of Christ. Now we're saved to serve him, to do good works. 
we take it as a new law. We're put under a covenant of workers again. Now, God did this for you. Now it's your turn to work for him. Do this. And if you don't do this, you're going to lose your salvation. And so suddenly, you know, it took God's love and God's work in Christ to get me to this point. And now it's up to my own work to get me the rest of the way. That's somehow, sometimes how we think about the Christian life. It's God's work that saved me. Now the rest is up to me to go and serve him. And I'm under this pressure. If I don't serve him, I won't be saved. Or I have to serve him in order to save myself. And of course this call to serve your God. To take this freedom he gave you from your sin addiction. To go and serve your God. Of course that's a demand of our Savior. Of course that's his command to us. But first of all, his gift. It's his gift. And that's what I love about the way the catechism puts it. Why should we do good works? And it could have said, because God told you to. But notice the answer. And it's so biblical. Why should we do good works? Well, because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, stop. You're not doing good works to redeem yourself. To get on God's good side. To throw him a little bit to to keep you in his favor. We cannot pay for our sins with our own works. We can only have our sins paid for by the works of another, redeemed by the blood of Christ. Sometimes we think if we try hard enough, we can get there. If we try hard enough, God will love me. I love Jesus, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Well, that's true, but the gospel is Jesus loves me, this I know. So we're redeemed by his blood, his death on the cross, his work for us, not our own. So that's not why we do good works. Why should we do good works? Because Christ having redeemed us by his blood, notice, is also renewing us by his spirit in his image. Why should you do good works? Because you have the Spirit. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You get two gifts from God when you believe in Jesus. First you get his blood, his death. Covers all your sin in the sight of God. He applies to you righteousness through faith. So you're justified you get his blood but when you believe in Jesus you get a second gift you get his spirit the life changer God's son Jesus Christ comes to live in you by his spirit deep in your heart to change your whole life why should you do good works because that's God's gift to you so yes because he says so he demands that. I saved you to do that. But it's deeper. 
Because I've enabled you to do so. I've empowered you. That's why when you look at Galatians 5, Paul says, you know, don't use your freedom that you've got through Christ's blood, through his death on the cross. Don't use your freedom to follow the sinful nature. Use your freedom to serve one another. But then he explains why in the following verses. But I say, verse 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Why should you do good works? Because you have the Spirit. That's so liberating. That, that third part of the catechism, service, sin, salvation, now serve the Lord. Or guilt, grace, now show your gratitude. Is not God saying, now you got to go the rest of the way on your own. Do good works. Be thankful or else. He does demand that. It is required. But it's God saying, and now for the rest of the way, I'll continue to supply all that you need so that you can give your whole life to me. You have my spirit. Lean on my spirit to live the new life, to grow all that good fruit in your life, to make you a beautiful person, to be renewed in the image of Christ. Because that's why Jesus saves us, right? God gave us to Jesus so that we might be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, Romans 8, Romans 8. That we might look like Jesus in all his beauty, glory, holiness, obedience, love, Really, the fruit of the Spirit is, is Jesus. There's a picture of Jesus. And, and, and I want to look like that. Ready and willing by the Spirit's power. And that's part of our comfort, right? That we confess and question and answer one. Your only comfort in life and death that I'm not my own but belong body and soul and life and in death to my faithful Savior Jesus Christ. He's fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. Set me free from the tyranny of the devil. Also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. And then Christ by his Holy Spirit Here's the third part of our comfort. Assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Even that is given. Even the service part, the serving the Lord part, the thanking the Lord part is God's gift to you because we can't do it in our own strength. The gospel is so amazing. God's got us covered. Jesus has us covered from beginning to end. Even when we've been picked up off the street. And we've been cleaned out. Cleaned and washed. And brought into his home. Even then when we're in that home. There are so many temptations to go back to the old life. He says I got that covered too. You have my spirit. Keep in step with my spirit. Lean on the spirit. Every day you're too weak. To stay in this life. But every day, 
My grace is sufficient for you to continue in this life, and I will hold you to the end. We see, secondly, the Spirit makes us ready and willing to serve Christ with our whole life. Again, if you look at question and answer 86, when the Spirit, Christ gives you His Spirit through faith, when you believe, He fills you with the Spirit, the Spirit then gives you these four new motivations that run your life. The first one is thankfulness. So that with our whole lives, so Christ is renewing us by his spirit in his image, so that with our whole lives we may show that we're thankful to God for his benefits. That's a motivation given to you by the spirit. So thankfulness is not so much a law, now be thankful, as a gift. Now the spirit gives you thankfulness. Now be thankful. But it's a gift, first of all. Thankfulness is a gift from the Spirit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and satisfies your youth with good things, so that your strength is renewed like the eagle's. The Spirit motivates me to be thankful. And Jesus says, you know, you can forget to be thankful. And you can start to think that God is is not being very nice to you. He's not being very fair. Be thankful. But Lord, how can I be? I feel so grumpy. I, I feel like you're so, you're not being fair to me. Holy Spirit, help me to see again what Jesus has done for me, what God has done for me in Christ, so that I may overflow with thanksgiving again. The second motivation the Spirit gives me, that he may be praised, that God may be praised through us. The Spirit motivates us to say, God redeemed me to live for his glory? That my Savior might be glorified in my new drug-free life? I want to show off his glory. I want him to be praised through my life. Listen to what Paul says. The catechism references 1 Corinthians 6 here. Flee sexual immorality. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Jesus picked you up off the street when you were dead in your sin. And he rescued you, body and soul, by offering up, giving up his body and soul for you on the cross to pay for your sins. And now you have new life, body, and soul. I want to honor, I want to glorify God with my soul and with my body by giving my whole life to him in sexual purity. That's one way in which he may be praised through our new life. Or here's another application of that, so that he may be praised through us. Paul, when he was suffering for being a Christian, and he was put in prison. His whole body is aching because he's being tortured for Christ. And he doesn't know whether he's going to come out of prison alive 
and keep on preaching or if he's going to die in prison. And here's what he says in Philippians 1. Lord, I'm okay either way. Just as long as Christ is exalted in my body, whether by my life or by my death. Just as long as Christ is exalted in my body. Is that the way I'm living my life? The Spirit gives us that motivation. I want God to be exalted in my body and my soul. That he may be praised for the new life that he's given to me. Third motivation from the Holy Spirit to give our whole life to him. And further, so that we may be assured of our faith by its fruits. This is a wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to serve God confidently? Then as Romans 8 says, you need to be assured that you're a child of God. Well, how do you get assurance that you're a child of God? The Holy Spirit witnesses in your hearts that you're a child of God. Well, how does the Holy Spirit witness to your heart you're a child of God? Well, he brings you to the promises. But another thing he does, he says, well, take a look at what a Christian life looks like. Does your life look like that? Then you have the Holy Spirit. Then you're a Christian. And he gives those two, two portraits in Galatians 5 in order to assure you you're either living in the works of the flesh, and that's verses 19 through 21, sexual immorality, Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. The works of the flesh are evident. Either you're that person and you're not a Christian. You're not saved. You're not redeemed. Because a redeemed person doesn't look like that. Or you are, here's the after portrait, showing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the Holy Spirit wants you to look at these two portraits and say, well, I've got still some of the remnants of, of that sinful nature live in me, but I hate those, and I'm at war against them. And, and, and the spirit or the devil wouldn't put me a war against himself. So that must be the, I'm a, that must be the spirit of my spirit. But also when I look at the fruit of the spirit, yeah, that's what I do want. The devil wouldn't make me want that. Sin wouldn't make me want that. And I do see those things growing me. And so the spirit testifies as you see those fruits. I must be one of his children even though I'm so far away from being totally like Christ, I'm, I'm on that road. And then the, the Holy Spirit assures me of my faith by its fruits. And, and that gives me confidence to live for him. So that's another motivation of the Spirit. Why should we do good? Well, so that you can become more confident that you're truly one of his when you see his work in your life. And then the, the last motivation of the Spirit listed here in 86, 
that by our godly living, our neighbors may be won over to Christ. That's, that's a command. We should live such good lives among the pagans that they see our good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That's a command, but it's also a gift. The Spirit gives us that motivation. Let me ask you, do you care what your neighbors think about Jesus? Second question, do you see that you are Jesus' messengers to your neighbors so that you may lead your neighbors to Jesus Christ and be saved? Third question, do you want your lost neighbors to be saved? Those are the Spirit's motivations. Does that live in you? If they do, you should be encouraged. That doesn't come from the devil. It doesn't come from sin. That comes from the spirit. And the thing that makes you groan is that I want to be more consistent in my witness, in my godly living to win my neighbors over to Christ. So these are the questions Peter says in 1 Peter 3. In your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. And then always be ready to give an answer to those who ask for the reason of the hope within you. So live in such a way that the guys at work or at the gym or in your class at school or come into the shop for customer service finally say, why don't you react like everybody else does when things go wrong? Like you're, you're, it's like you're peaceful. And why don't you go out with the guys on the weekend and get drunk? Why, why don't you participate in that? And why don't you even laugh at dirty jokes, let alone you don't tell them? And why do you never swear or use the F word? And why are you respectful toward the boss? And why are you not always complaining about money? And why aren't you sleeping around? What's... Tell me, what's going on? And then we have the answer. Jesus saved my life. And I want to become beautiful like he. And he's put that in my heart. Do you want that? Do you want to be saved from your sin? Right? These are the Spirit's motivations. Now we know at the end of the day, all our good works are imperfect and stained with sin. And only Christ's blood can save us. At the end of the day, we say, Lord, I wasn't always as sincere as I should have been or wholeheartedly willing and ready like I should have been. And we, and we give that over to Jesus and say, please forgive me. And may your perfection make up for all my imperfection. And sometimes we get up in the morning and we don't even care about being a witness. It's such a lousy day. But we have the gospel. We can confess that sin. Lord, my attitude is lousy today. Forgive me. And give me your spirit to energize me to be more excited and enthusiastic about living for you today.
Well, do you want to live this life of thanking God for all that he's done for you and glorifying him in your whole life, body and soul and seeing the fruits of the spirit grow in you and, and being a witness to your neighbor. Do you want that life? You want it because Jesus lives in you. If you don't want it, don't think you can both have Jesus and not want that life because that life comes from Jesus. If you don't want that life, you don't have Jesus. You're lost. You're dead on the street. You really don't care about showing Christ to your neighbors, but just enjoying sin with them? If your life is moving in that direction, that's deadly. And we need Jesus. And we see that thirdly, we're ready and willing to serve him against our sinful works. Paul's very clear, if you're not living a life of good works, a life of gratitude to God, a life of witnessing to your neighbor, a life of wanting to see more fruit grow in your life, that can only mean one thing. You do not belong to Christ. You're not saved. You don't have the Spirit. And we go back to those two portraits in Galatians 5. The portrait of the works of the flesh. I'm going to read that again, 19 through 20, 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You live this way, you're not on your way to heaven. You've not been delivered from your sin and misery. You've not come to Jesus. You're not born again. And then you need to see that. And you need to see what a wretched life and person you are, even if you feel really good about yourself and you're really enjoying your sin. You must realize you're on your way to hell. You cannot be saved. Unless... You turn into the Lord. Say, come and save me. I'm so proud, arrogant, in love with myself and my own ways and opinions and my sin. But save me from that. Forgive my sins. Give me a new heart and a new life. Make me that person that's being renewed after Christ's image. And when you call upon him, Jesus will run to your aid and pick you up. And he gave you that desire in the first place. Then there's that other picture. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when you see your life at war against the deeds of the flesh, oh, I see that in me sometimes and I hate it. And I'm fighting it. And I'm praying against them in the Holy Spirit. And I see the fruit of the Spirit and 
That's what I want to become more and more. I don't see enough of it. That's the person that belongs to Jesus. Then you know your Christ's. You have the Spirit. Now keep in step with the Spirit. Be intentional about living for Christ. You have the power by the Spirit to do so. Pray for Him. Be merciless towards your sins. Beat them up and strangle them till they're dead. Don't give them any oxygen. Put your sin to death by the Spirit. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look more and more like him. Pray to be filled with the Spirit. That's the good life, the beautiful life, the Christ-like life. That's life in the Spirit. May God, by his Spirit, fill us with this good life of good works. By his grace, amen. Father in heaven, we thank you that we're not left to ourselves to do good works. Yes, you demand them and you command them and yet you give them to us by your spirit. And so we ask now that you would fill us with a desire to do good works, a delight in good works, and a doing of them more and more. And that the old nature would be more and more put to death in our lives. Oh, help us. Because we, we've been saved, Lord, to the best life there is. Shining the light of Christ. Looking like Christ. And we look forward to that day when we shall be perfectly like him in every way. Oh, what a day that will be. Bring that day to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.